On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, Dr. Brian Cole and myself talk about the NBA's COVID-19 health and safety protocols. When can a player return to play? Why does a player enter the NBA's health and safety protocol? What about those players who are unvaccinated? A lot to talk about here on Sports Medicine Weekly. But first, Vericell develops, manufactures, and markets autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit vcelvcel.com. JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more. Sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. So, Dr. Cole, you're the NBA team physician with the Chicago Bulls. And, um, you know, obviously we had the uh, protocols ahead of uh, the 2021 season uh, trying to limit the spread of COVID-19. Uh, that was, you know, why the NBA had that bubble at the Walt Disney World Resorts. Um, but then, of course, uh, players were able to get vaccinated, according to a memo obtained by the Associated Press. 97% of NBA players are fully vaccinated. So where are we at with this? You know, we're seeing every day now in the NBA, one team got hit where four players in one week, you know, four of their top 10 players are out, a couple of starters so um, why does a player enter the NBA's health and safety protocols even if they're vaccinated? Well, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing that we're still talking about it. And uh, we had all hoped that uh, with the vaccine uh, and even the booster that we would be able to achieve uh, a world where we would not have uh, a breakthrough infection. Uh, indeed, the, the most important aspect of the vaccine was to stop someone from or prevent someone from getting sick, hospitalized, and and potentially dying from COVID. And I would argue that when you look at the evidence supporting the vaccine and you compare uh, the uh, hospitalization rates and, and death rates or mortality rates with and without the vaccine, the vaccine is actually doing a very good job at doing just that, all of them, J&J, Moderna, and Pfizer. Uh, but what it isn't doing is preventing a breakthrough infection, and we're having a different narrative now. You know, in the first part of 2020, we were all, you know, afraid that we we would potentially uh, become infected with COVID, get very sick, and uh, uh, potentially die from from something that we didn't know a whole lot about. The concerns now are that um, while the breakthrough infections tend to be very very mild, and uh, whether it's uh, the, the, the Delta or the now Omicron, whatever, either one, they, they tend to be quite mild. The implications now for the NBA, for example, are very, very different. It's, it's while we're not as concerned about someone getting very sick, um, what happens is it can, it can decimate a team in terms of it becomes a strategic problem where one, two, three, four players get knocked out and it, it, then becomes a, a, a relative advantage of one team versus another uh, based upon who's out on, on, the, on the protocol. So that's the problem we're dealing with today. And the other thing is that as we've, as the NBA, you know, since, since we knew virtually everyone, 97% of the people were vaccinated, now many of them are getting their boosters, and many of them will have antibody levels because that gets checked too. Uh, 
um, the frequency of testing was lessened. And unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, what we've seen, Steve, is, you know, just think back to June or July when a large number of people were initially vaccinated, people start to loosen their guard in terms of not wearing a mask and physical distancing and so forth. And what we truly know is that even if vaccinated, breakthrough infections can happen and the mask and physical distancing are still the best preventative measures that we have. And then if you're in a system, daily testing can be preventative in terms of one person who gets it spreading it to another. So we had sort of the perfect storm, Steve. We had uh, uh, individuals who were feeling very comfortable not wearing the mask, a loosening of the the mask mandates. Um, Physical distancing becomes less of an issue. And um, then we're not testing and picking up the disease, and you have highly transmittable uh, uh, variants now, and we're still going to see breakthrough infections. And at the same time, you know, we're not picking them up as readily, as I mentioned, because we're not testing as frequently. Now, all that's changing. By the time our listeners uh, listen to this episode, it's very possible that some of my comments will be uh, almost obsolete because the NBA is, is carefully looking at this because we have a very big problem here. Well, okay, so let's talk about the Bulls. Um, you're the team physician with the Bulls, and it's this is in the paper. It's been reported. The Bulls uh, are saying that every player in the roster is vaccinated, but the Bulls are currently requiring daily testing. Players are sometimes tested multiple times a day. But it's interesting, Dr. Cole, testing can only catch positive cases, not prevent them. So that's kind of the trick, which is interesting because – you know, these guys have to get tested all of a sudden while they might not even be showing symptoms. But if they get tested um, sometimes multiple times a day uh, and then they have to sit out, don't they? Once they're Yeah, so your, point, your point is a good one. Yeah, so testing. So there's, there's the preventative aspect and then there's the detection aspect. So we firmly know that prevention is possible and prevention is possible by wearing a mask and uh, with physical distancing, period, it happens. But we know that basketball is a contact sport and we can't wear a mask when we play, we might be able to wear it when we practice, and there's going to be the potential for exposure and transmission. So then you've got the issue of um, uh, picking it up early so that one individual doesn't uh, infect another individual. And that's why frequent testing, which is what's happening now, is so key to this, to this aspect. So while prevention is has its own ramifications, so, you know, Steve, think about the the bubble, what was happening, you know, asking a player now to sort of retreat and not being around his family members and to go back to some of the, the requirements before is not going to be easy. And I would argue that it's, there's going to be a lot of resistance. So we've got to find, you know, you know, practical ways on the prevention side. But with testing, now we can at least identify, going back to a, a regimen of testing, which really just started, Steve, um, to a, you know, a frequent regimen, um, that allows the opportunity to identify it early so that one player doesn't contaminate another player and you don't wipe out an entire team. So that's a very critical aspect is the detection. You're right, it doesn't prevent it, but what it can prevent is knocking out another player through, uh, you know, w- w- which happens with contact tracing another. Even if another player is exposed to a player uh, who is... Uh, positive, because they're vaccinated, the protocols allow for that person to be monitored, and it can still take three to five days to become positive despite being vaccinated. So though everyone now is being monitored very closely. I don't know how long that's going to go on for. There are logistic issues. There's financial issues. There's a number of discussions that are happening behind the scenes that may lead to policies and procedures that, you know, literally at the time of uh, our listeners who are listening to this episode now, we may have difference in, in, uh, difference in policies in terms of frequency and what we're allowing and not allowing, and, and are we going to be reining this in? You know, we used to say, no, 
you know, you know, meeting, no eating, and no greeting, and that was a way to prevent people from spreading it to one another. Uh, we're going to have to revisit are those are those the right things to do? And it's not just basketball; it's going to be all these other sports as well. Because unfortunately, it's here to stay, and the vaccine and the booster doesn't prevent uh, a breakthrough infection. That's correct. Now, if any player tests positive for COVID-19, Dr. Cole, I understand they must spend a minimum of 10 days away from their team unless they return two negative PCR tests within a 24-hour span. Tell us what a PCR test is. So that even that policy, Steve, is uh, might change, okay? Okay. I think the key issue is that because we don't know how people behave once they're vaccinated and boosted and they have antibody response as well as a T-cell response, it is possible that that 10-day rule might become obsolete because it may not require 10 days to then to sort of filter it out of your system because you have an antibody response, right? So not only are people not getting as sick, and it might be perceived as sort of the common flu, uh, it may be a shorter duration with which they turn the test positive. Um, there are other aspects that are looked at in terms of what we call the CT count. It's basically how quickly, how much the the, the virus has to be cultured in order to to uh, replicate it. And the higher the number, sort of the low the virulence or the infectiousness, if you will, of an individual. So there's other parameters we can look at. So we can get very very granular. But suffice it to say. Arguably, if an individual could turn two negative tests once they've turned positive, and that happened before 10 days, you could imagine a world where we could get a person back quicker. So then there's the other side of it, which is the cardiac testing, which is also in flux. You know, the traditional um, way we return an athlete back to play is that, you know, the 10 days go by, then they have to turn two negative tests, then there's a gradual ramp up uh, after undergoing cardiac screening because of the issue of, of uh, uh, inflammation around the heart. We may now have enough data to say that there's only certain people that are at risk for that, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can uh, investigate alternative pathways that don't involve extensive cardiac testing, which could shave another day off. So this is the stuff that's happening right now um, that you're going to hear about, you know, very quickly because you know everyone everyone's sort of watching. You know, the NBA has to make some tough decisions because nobody wants it to shut down. And certainly nobody wants players to get sick. So by invoking, you know, these various parameters, but at the same time figuring out what's the the most efficient way to get a person off the protocol, the health and safety protocol, that can have enormous differences in terms of who's present to play on game day. Okay, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you about unvaccinated players. But first, uh, a couple words from our sponsors. Uh, Dr. Coe, we hope you tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars. I know you have. They're the best tasting bars in the market. They're certified gluten-free, paleo, no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon and at KarenMalkin.com. All right, the uh, fall weather, winter weather here. Time to get outside still. Enjoy your favorite activities if you can. You can still spend precious time with family and friends outside. Aches, pains, and injuries should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are here for you. They have more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland. Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to RushPT.com today to schedule an appointment. Not sure if, Rush, if physical therapy is right for you. You can request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush physical therapy today. Okay, we do have players who are unvaccinated. It's being reported um, while the NBA has not mandated players to be vaccinated, local guidelines may prevent a player from playing in their home arena. 
For instance, Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving, one of the best players in the league for years, who was unvaccinated, cannot play home games due to New York City's COVID-19 vaccination regulations. He won't join the team until he's fully eligible to play. So what are you hearing about those players, Dr. Cole, who are unvaccinated? Well, the same thing you are, Steve. It, it puts, uh, you know, someone argue, well, look, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not, getting a vaccine because I didn't somebody even pull the argument well it's obviously not working people are still getting it uh, that's not true the vaccine is working it's clearly working it's preventing people from getting sick and it's preventing people from getting dying uh, sometimes uh, up to an 11 times rate reduction if you're vaccinated so that's a fact people may argue that the vaccine isn't right for them uh, for a variety of reasons but they ought to be thinking also what the effect of them being unvaccinated has on other individuals uh, so I think very few people are arguing whether they take a political side or not that the vaccine doesn't work but they may not feel that it's right for them and there's certain inherent risks or other things that they're that they're concerned about so uh, but look, so what goes along with that is that it's a much uh, uh, stricter protocol they are uh, restricted from doing certain activities because there's susceptibility to getting the virus um, they have to be tested more frequently they have to wear masks when others do not uh, even though that might change now so it, it, it changes things dramatically fortunately uh, and, and but the NBA hasn't uh, 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 laid down the law and said it's a mandatory vaccination policy. Uh, but as you've commented, certain states have them, and uh, that's going to that's going to that's going to increase. I mean, we're going to see a number of states uh, adopt a mandatory vaccination policy, especially now with new variants that are just so high, so easy to transmit and potentially lead to hospitalizations. We're seeing numbers climb all over the country. We're seeing it here in Chicago. So um, they get treated differently, and uh, are, there's much more that's expected of them in terms of uh, avoiding, uh, because they are at a higher risk, avoiding high risk both to themselves and to others. And, um, and that's the way it's going to be until everyone gets vaccinated. But uh, I would also tell you that we may see a convergence of uh, restrictions, even for those who are vaccinated, based on the fact that we're just seeing this large number of breakthrough infections. And I just, you know, one final point is that, you know, we have the ability to, to measure antibody levels. We haven't gotten to the point yet where we can say that a certain antibody level is reflective of the inability to get the virus or, you know, to have a breakthrough infection, but it might make a difference. And that's why this concept of 10 days may not hold true. If they look at the science carefully, there may be some wiggle room there because being vaccinated may lead to a shorter duration of being test positive. Uh, so not only can it reduce the chance of hospitalization and death, it may reduce that too. And that's super relevant when you're talking about getting an athlete back to play. All right, final question for you, Dr. Cole. Um, you know, with the NBA, I mean, you, you guys have a group of doctors. Every team has an NBA team physician. So is there is there a so-called board or are you in active conversations with the NBA? Do they confer with you and ask you how is your team doing? And, you know, doctors help us, you know, does this, does this, does this, does you know, this the, go the on? The NBA has uh, two or three high-level infectious disease specialists uh, that consult with them. We, we have a call every uh, every week at uh, 4.30. There is an update. They have access to every team's data. Uh, and they, uh, you know, absolutely to their credit, they've done, I think, an amazing job using data to teach themselves and the rest of the world uh, about uh, infection rates and transmissions and so forth. We learned a lot from looking at the data in the bubble. A number of publications came out of that very, very quickly to teach us uh, uh, a lot of things that, you know, we can do today in the office and managing patients. 
So uh, me personally, am I advising them? No, but do we report what's happening? And as I said on the executive committee for the NBA Physician Society, we have regular emails and regular correspondence to discuss best practices. And you know, we're, you're, this this episode is being being recorded at a time where uh, things are clearly in flux. And as I mentioned, we may see some differences very very quickly. Uh, because we have excellent data to look at that to teach us uh, what's safe, what prevents the the value of the vaccine, the value of the booster, the value of the antibody levels, and then um, what is the most efficient way to safely get a player back to play when he's no longer considered infectious. Great stuff, Dr. Brian Cole. Appreciate it. Uh, really interesting, and uh, I know it's a, a fluid situation, as they say. So. I'm glad there's a vaccine, but um, things change all the time in the NBA, right? And especially with this vaccine, uh, something new for everybody. That is true. That is true, Steve. So stay stay safe. You too. Appreciate it. And finally, uh, to be your best, you start with best practices. Eat better, grow stronger, reach higher. At Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, their work is what best practices are built upon. They're a team of leading physicians with the highest level of experience and training, prolific researchers delivering pioneering breakthroughs, orthopedic experts that other orthopedic specialists and their patients come to when they need individualized care. Get it done right the first time at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Visit rushortho.com slash the best. For our producer, Alex Soroka, I'm Steve Cashel. On behalf of Dr. Brian Cole, we hope you enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. Listen in anytime, anyplace. Subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. New Sports Medicine Weekly podcast shared weekly on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. It's been a pleasure, and I'll talk with you next time.